Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> With SI's Pat Forty. It would be very much like the NCAA to try to solve a problem and create a bigger problem along the way. That would be on brand. That's for sure. Here's Pat and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. And Pat, I got a quick question for you. Do we even know if Caleb Williams and Jim Harbaugh exist? Are they real people? <laughs> they could be media creations. It's possible. Uh, there, There seems to have been you know, positive sightings of them doing actual football things during the football season. But since then, they have disappeared into the unknown ether, and we don't know what either of them are going to do, where they're going to land, or when. The The ongoing saga is becoming a bit drawn out at this point, Dan. Have Have we seen them in the same place at the same time? <laughs> yeah, no. an alien spaceship abducted. They're gone. They're <laughs> off the planet. Nobody. Maybe knows. that's it. They've slipped off the grid so completely. They, they they're they're in a different dimension now. Remember yeah. that uh, time uh, Bob Knight made up the recruit. Oh yeah. To try to uh, what was the name? Ivan Renko. Ivan Renko. Absolutely. He said it was a. They were they were going after a seven footer from like Yugoslavia when Yugoslavia existed or something or Czechoslovakia or something. I don't know. And then somebody ranked him like some <laughs> some recruiting guru said he saw him play and he was good. Mm -hmm. And then he said, aha, he's not a real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the number 97 rank recruit out of Yugoslavia did not exist. Did uh, not exist. And Ivan Renko has never actually materialized at uh, Bloomington. So for the 14th consecutive show, we're wondering where <laughs> Caleb Williams and Jim Harbaugh will go. Uh, Williams has done nothing. Uh, you had your you claimed that USC you had to be enrolled. Maybe he is enrolled. Maybe he is, but if so, they certainly aren't publishing it or publicizing it. I was in Los Angeles. I was on campus uh, last week. Are they I just not drop him like the Undertaker coming from the rafters at the Super Bowl <laughs> since it's out here in LA? <laughs> the halftime show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At this point, I am expecting a true Hollywood entrance. Uh, in the city of Hollywood. I mean, the, the, because this has gotten a bit ridiculous. I don't know, you know, the, this has gone from, yeah, we're going to be deliberate. We're going to take our time to what the hell are you doing? 
uh, well, range. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's, it's not serving our purpose, although maybe it is. Well, it kind of is. Serving. It's given us a bit of a running bit. I mean, take your time. Take your time. Like yeah. I said, you'll get, they'll let you enroll in like mid-March. Don't worry. <laughs> Apparently so. Friday so was look, the last day to enroll in classes, supposedly according to what the registrar says. But does the registrar really have any say over the star quarterback of the transfer portal? Maybe not. No, no, he does not. Or she does not. All right. So, like, again, by the time you listen to this, hey, you might, decisions made. But, I mean, if we had gone by the thing of wait for news, we would have missed a month of content. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what to tell you. Every single time, I'm like, this is a dumb segment to start with because, <laughs> and yet every time, here we are. Uh, yeah. Harbaugh did interview with the Vikings. The Vikings did ask permission. We then find out that if Harbaugh is going to leave, it's possible that Stephen Ross, the huge Michigan benefactor who also owns the dolphins might jump in and just swipe them away from the vikings i think the key element here is what we've been saying all along jim harbaugh wants to coach in the nfl and considering he went to two championship three championship games one super bowl in four years as an nfl coach i think he's going to get his chance at some point so is it this year or is it next or when is it to me michigan uh, you know this isn't just a this isn't a contract play. I I would just be it's just I'd just be stunned if this is just, you know, it's like Bruce Pearl last week, like Louisville. Yeah, beautiful springs up there. But I haven't talked to anybody. But boy, that's a nice town. You know, he wasn't <laughs> one of those. And then three days later, I got a deal. I'm going to stay here. And, you know, and I don't blame Bruce. Hey, take it. Take it. Take it. Because yeah. they'll fire you in three days, too. Yeah. Oh, he knows. At, at Auburn. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he yeah. knows. Uh, so take it all. I'm not blaming Bruce. But. I don't see that. I mean, Harbaugh's not saying a damn word. That's the amazing thing to me is, I mean, we, you know what we're all constantly accustomed to in this sport is I'm very happy where I am. I'm staying here, blah, 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 up until the last second and then you're out. He's just gone radio silent, which, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, from a transfer standpoint is is seems to me like a pretty clear indication that he does want to leave because usually those guys are offering whatever assurances they feel like they need to to keep a roster together and keep the fans from panicking. But uh, Harbaugh has offered nothing in weeks. And so the the assumption, until proven otherwise, is that, yeah, that he wants to go back to the NFL and is not – that returning to Michigan is not his first option at this point. Uh Nobody at Michigan seems overly panicked about this either. And that goes back to when I was at the Orange Bowl down there and they they seem to feel like if Harbaugh left, they'd be OK, you know, and that that they've got they would certainly they would have great options in terms of a coach, whether it's on on the staff or whether you're going after Matt Campbell or Luke Fickle. But regardless, uh, it just feels like everybody is poised for Harbaugh and Michigan to move on in separate paths. Uh Whenever it happens, this is pretty. I mean, it's pretty remarkable how drama free the drama is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's more panic when some coaches are like, like, there was more action with Bruce Pearl and Louisville when there was nothing happened. There was no president or AD to hire. Nothing happened except like one one TV report said, hey, you know, and everyone kind of looked at it, and that was it. And there was like, ah, everyone screaming like, hey, it's yeah, Michigan's like, hey, we're all right. <laughs> we don't want yeah, we want them to stay, but look, there is a feeling at Michigan, I can tell you, that they think they will be able to have an excellent chance at hiring either Luke Fickle, Matt Rule, or promote Josh Gaddis from offensive coordinator. 
Uh, and there's a chance Mike Hart, who is not a coordinator, but certainly is a, a big personality and alum with a shot. Matt Rule has, you know, the reports are out there. He can sit now, you know, again, he's got an NFL job, but does he does he jump at the Michigan job? If you could have what, what, what would be your pecking order of those three? Or can you see the argument? I mean, obviously, Gaddis has got to go last based on what he's done, but he brings continuity a lot. You know, this kind of the hot thing is is promote the assistant, right? Right. Yep. That's yep. worked at Ohio State. That's worked at like, uh, Riley was one. We got Marcus Freeman. We'll see how that, you know, P- Kirby Smart was an assistant. Didn't get promoted, but Dabo was an assistant. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? What would you do? If it were me, if I were Ward Manuel, I, I mean, I would go get Luke Fickle if you can get him. Absolutely. I, I would start there. I mean, Luke Fickle's a freaking rock star. He has done phenomenal work at Cincinnati, and I have no reason to believe he wouldn't do phenomenal work wherever the heck he would go in college football. So he would be my first pick. Matt Rule, boy, do people think highly of him, and I understand why. I mean, he turned around Baylor when it was an absolute trash fire, you know, and then went to the NFL, um, but but – People in college love him. You know, I have reason to think that, that he might have been in the mix at USC at one point, or if he, he there was at least some consideration there. But when they could get Lincoln Riley, then, you know, that that ended that. But, you know, I, I think that uh, Rule obviously would be in Travis Canada as well. I do also think that Ward Manuel kind of might want to put his own stamp on things with Josh Gaddis. So that, that wouldn't necessarily shock me. But but if I if it, if it's me, I'm starting with Luke Fickle and, and moving on only when he says hard no. I, I got a hard time not going to Fickle first, too. I, I, Matt Rule is super impressive uh, and did a great job at, at, at Baylor and he's in Temple. You know, it's always been a thought, well, maybe he's the Penn State coach someday. You know, he's, he's got all the all the Pennsylvania Jersey ties, stuff like that. Fickle, you know, I mean, he had uh, really popular in Ohio, which, you know, one of the paths for Michigan to do well is to recruit Ohio really well. So it's kind of the Shem Beckler more bit. They've gotten two Heisman Trophy winners out of Ohio and in, in, in Desmond Howard from the Cleveland area and uh, Charles Woodson from the Columbus area uh, and many, many great players. I, I, you know, I just look at this record. You know, he, he was the interim uh, at Ohio State, but then at Cincinnati, four and eight and then 11 and two. 11 and 3, 9 and 1, 13 and 1. Yeah, incredible. It's it's that length that really sticks out. I mean, you just never know in these, but like you look back and you know, we, like we we talk about how we all thought, "Hey, Scott Frost, perfect perfect hire for Nebraska." Alum, confident, determined from Nebraska, and he just goes 13 and 0 at UCF. He's going to bring some Florida ties to Nebraska, which you absolutely need in recruiting, and it hasn't worked out. And then now you look back and go, well, it was only one good year. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? To do it for four straight years and then have the name recognition of Luke Fickle in the in the places. I, I just, if you can get Luke Fickle and he will take that job, I just, I don't know how your candidate, I, maybe it upsets some things not taking Josh Gaddis, but it's really hard to say no to, to that track record. I agree completely. And that's like, I look at him and Matt Campbell on paper and I'm like, no, it's not close. I want Luke Fickle over Matt Campbell rule again is a little bit of a different uh, animal there since he's gone to the NFL. But boy, I, I just think that, you know, Campbell's another guy whose name has been mentioned in the past as a Michigan type guy or a big 10 type guy, but, uh, and he's done well at, at making Iowa state a, a, a respectable team and a consistent winner, but he's also failed to hit the high notes where Luke Fickle 
has smashed the high notes. I mean, what they did the last two years especially was extremely impressive. So you go Matt Campbell. I mean, I agree. I, I think I don't think it gets to Matt Campbell because I think they go Gaddis before Campbell. Yep. Yep. Matt so he Campbell did really well at Toledo. Yep. Nine and four, seven and five, nine and four, nine and two. Then he gets the Iowa State job, first year three and nine. Then eight and five, eight and five, seven, six, nine and three, which is a big year, and then seven and six. But you look at that big twelve mark because you know, you pop you prop it up, you prop these records up with non conference. Yeah. They they play right. Iowa every year and, and lose to Iowa every year. And, and otherwise right. they're five they're... and four. He's thirty one and twenty three in the big twelve. Two and seven. All right, scrap the first year. Five and four, six and three, five and four. The eight and one year, we got everyone hyped, and then five and four last year. That's not exciting me so much that if I think I have an energetic assistant coach that I think's got great potential, the program's never had an African American coach. You've got great continuity. There's there's multiple really good quarterback recruits in the state of Michigan, class of twenty three, and then class of twenty five or six. The kid from Belleville. Um, do you? Do you go that route? I I wouldn't go to Matt Campbell. I would go to Gat. I I might roll the dice. Say, hey, we're gonna take Gattis. It's a little bit like Notre Dame, where it's like, you know what? If this doesn't work, think about Michigan. If it doesn't work, there's a sense of like, well, then we get the new guy. It'll settle settle back down. Yeah. Now that they tried that with Rich Rod, and <laughs> it took a long time to settle back down. It but did. there is a bit where it's like that's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery <laughs> slope, as Tennessee knows. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this there is a sense when these programs get going like we're too big to really fail let's shoot for the top and then if that oh we'll just get the next matt campbell but there's always a matt campbell i don't know yeah yeah i think matt campbell should uh should stay betrothed to the the fine fine drinking water in ames and hunker down there because i just Kia I, Cuck. he could at least drive over to kia cuck and get a good he can, if he's thirsty yeah, get the better water yes yeah absolutely Again, we exposed all the lies that, that live in Ames. Wasn't pretty, but that's the kind of work we do on this podcast. We get to the bottom of it. Lesser coaching moves. Austin Davis, Auburn's offensive coordinator. Not going to get a gold watch down there in the plains for his years <laughs> of service. Came from the NFL, lasted six weeks. Now he's gone. Uh, the Auburn staff seems to be bleeding out. <laughs> It's a football school. It's a it's a basketball school. It's a gymnastics school. Get SUNY Lee over there to coach the team. I don't know. Uh, this ain't it. Yeah. Auburn DNA isn't really basketball gymnastics. So this, well, uh, everybody loves a winner. Yeah. And everyone loves Sunisa Lee. So take it. This is what you're going to have to go with. I don't know. Not not a good look when you just hire a guy for six weeks, and he uh, just wants to leave. That's you've now. Yes, you've lost both coordinators within a span of what a week or two. Uh, and yes, this guy arrived on December 18th and is now gone. Uh, said that he's made decision to step away from coaching football. Uh, Auburn University and Coach Harson have been tremendous through this whole process, all six weeks of it. I'm grateful for the opportunity. That was da, 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 da. My decision to resign is 100% based on personal reasons. After more than a decade in the NFL with the daily grind as a player and coach, I've realized that I, how much I miss my family and my desire to spend more time around them. That may my be, family. 
<laughs> that may be a hundred percent sincere. We'll see if he stays out of out of football. But how many times have we heard coaches talk about wanting to spend more time with their family and then not spend more time with their family and Usually take the another family job? doesn't want to spend that much time with them. That <laughs> I know that would be if I was like announced right now that I want to spend more time with my family. My family would be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I thought you were going to China. Yeah, please go to China. <laughs> yeah, get please on that leave. plane. Please leave. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, Auburn, yeah, it's a little shaky right now at Auburn. A little it's, shaky. It's uh, extremely shaky. And that, I mean, boy, Brian Harson again, not the not a wildly popular hire, not a great fit, and went, what What were they, six and seven? And things since then have fallen almost, apart. Almost beat Bama, but didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Again, running back, if he stays in bounds, that game may end with Alabama not in the playoff. And Brian Harson has a lot higher approval rating in uh in Auburn than he does right now so that I mean it's the dysfunction capital of college football so I guess this kind of goes with the territory but even by Auburn standards we're we're operating at a pretty high level of dysfunction right now all right um the portal is going on uh most interesting man in the portal world other than Caleb Williams is Lane Kiffin (laughs) come to the sip (laughs) we run the sip now Lane uh about a month ago, bemoaned the portal. Said ever it's free agency, guys are just getting paid, uh, nobody cares, all this stuff. It's all true. But he's now proclaiming himself the portal tiger king. <laughs> There's a picture of him as Joe, uh, whatever that guy, exotic. Uh, he's the portal king. Uh, he got Jackson Dart out of USC. They're number one ranked in the portal rankings of 24-7. A new <laughs> creation. I just love. <laughs> we need portal rankings. <laughs> Coach, we're not ranked very high in the portal ratings. We got to move up. Number gotta... one in the portal rankings. Yeah. Can you imagine those, those poor like, recruiting services where they're, they're like, all right, well, we got to rank 5,000 high school kids. <laughs> and then they're now, uh, now ranked the college kids now, too. Oh, brutal. You got to watch. I mean, no, it's ridiculous. I, 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 we'll see how accurate these portal rankings go for a little while because it's really like those – Secondary guys, but uh, Rebels are the number one team. Uh, let me see what we got ranked here, who their competition is on the portal ranking. They have 10 commits. One, I guess they're just doing former rank. One five-star, six four-stars. Maybe those are just old. I don't know. LSU is number two. They have 12 commits. USC's three, but they obviously can bounce up, bounce up there if they get Caleb. Oklahoma's four. Florida State, five. South Carolina, six. Arkansas, Nebraska, Texas, and Alabama. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know. These are these are just former high school guys. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like, because these guys could be busts. Did right? they have them? Did they have portal rankings last year? Because where was Michigan State last year? They ended up being they won the portal in 2021, but I don't know whether they were the ranked champion of the portal at this point last year. Yeah, this is the first year of the portal rank. I'm glad okay. we now have the term portal ranking is now <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> our lexicon. We didn't have enough stupidity in this so, sport. But yeah, yes, to your to your point, Sully, this is like the the guys in middle management that sit there and are like, you know, cranking out reports, 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 and then all of a sudden they, you know, they come and drop a mountain of new information on the desk. Okay, we need these reports now too. Okay, Smithers, mm-hmm. <laughs> get cranking. Smithers. <laughs> We now need we now need transfer portal rankings, and right? So, and thus office space, right? Yeah. So, right. The TP, what is it? TPC. I don't know what it is. All right. Well, that's the portal ranking. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. I think I, Ole Miss is going to do well in portal. Of course. Lane really always well. does well in the offseason. You did pretty well during the season this year, yeah. too. I mean, I'm giving him credit. But but Lane Lane loves him some offseason, both in terms of recruiting and talking about recruiting or self-promoting or stirring the pot. Uh, but getting Jackson Dart was big. That was very big for them. Um, you know, he, he will be an immediate step in. He had a very good season as a true freshman there at USC, and he bounced because the expectation is that Caleb Williams is coming. We'll see if and when. I'm wondering if there's some sort of signing day, you know, deal where where Caleb gets announced on Wednesday with the rest of the incoming class or something like that. I don't know. That's that's my latest theory. All of my other theories have been wrong. So uh, that's what I'm going with, that, that Caleb Williams descends upon Troy on signing day Wednesday. So do you uh, – the signing day is Wednesday, and it's it's sad. It's sad to me because it's not – It is. It's not signed. It's like they're all signed. We've talked about it, but we got to move this thing to March one. Yeah, we got to get get the last Wednesday of February. No signing until the last Wednesday of February. Let's bring back the circus. Yeah, I want the hats. I want the the, the mascots. I want the dogs. Remember when Stanford guys would all put on the nerd glasses? That was oh, their yeah. thing. Like yeah. I want it all back. Yeah, and we'll, we want it at a time when we can pay attention to it and yeah. celebrate it and laugh at it and all that, not when it's wedged in between bowl games and coach hirings and playoffs and all that stuff. So get it out of December. Get it to the end of February. Give us back our signing, damn it. Give us back our midwinter excitement. All right, Lane Kiffin's making fun of uh, Brian Kelly for doing a dance with recruits. Uh, he's in that weird chamber. These guys all have these, like, like media chambers. <laughs> Brian Kelly's doing that. He was in a locker room learning the gritty. Mm. Um, mm. I did not see Brian Kelly. It's like dancing with the stars. Is that coming up with like, wh where did this all come from? <laughs> uh, Brian Kelly's phenomenal. He has a terrible, we were like, we has a terrible sense of humor. Like he tried to pull <laughs> off the, I want to execute my team thing. And everyone got mad at him. Right. He's a horrible, he is poorly timed he's a bad dancer but he's still doing it i love it lane's making fun of him but then he's posing as joe exotic he's yeah a damn like convicted murderer see like, come on man like of all the people i mean lane's like just recruiting stunt stuff is just beneath me like <laughs> nothing is beneath all me. you gotta all you gotta do is bring up new keith richardson from back in the day and talk about recruiting stunts <laughs> where he tried to fake turn in florida no nothing's beneath lane Nothing, but they, the the Brian Kelly personality flip is uh, fascinating. Like he, he he went from Mr. Button Down at Mr. Button Down University to where's the Mardi Gras beads, baby? You right. know, let me out here, Louisiana. Yeah. This is it's it's hilarious. Uh, but no, he's he is uh, he's nonstop interesting. All of a sudden, Brian Kelly is <laughs> as you said. Comedic timing, no. Dance moves, no. But the fact that he's actually doing these things is uh, out of character for the the angry red-faced man who we know from his Notre Dame days. I mean, he was really boring. Yeah, he was really, yeah, he's just yelling at people. Yeah. Now he's showing a kinder, gentler bit. I like it. That's, I like you it. Know, what the heck? Give it's it a shot. It's fun now, but the, the minute he starts losing, woo boy. Well, but, yeah. Then... He'll need to be more serious. That's the, the fans case will be for honest. everybody, though. It yeah, is. that's true. It's true. But yeah, 
I don't know. Some coaches just don't do the brick by brick, you know, kind of <laughs> gimmicks. And they all turn bad, right? Remember what was what did Butch didn't Butch have that a was, Butch, that was that was Butch's thing, brick by brick. And he had the garbage can, didn't he? Oh yeah, the the turnover garbage, garbage can. can at Tennessee. Yeah. It probably sounded like a good idea, but then. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Yeah, your program." How does garbage. that sound like a good idea? That doesn't even that doesn't even get off the cutting room floor for me. We're not. We've sucked for a decade. How are you even bringing a garbage can to the sidelines? No, you are the garbage can. <laughs> Which was worse, Sully, that or Derek Dooley uh, with the binoculars looking for the Germans? Oh, that was hysterical. I, Dooley, um, Dooley's. Oh my God, Dooley during the. I would say Dooley on the with the broken foot with the orange. Stool was probably worse, <laughs> and that's we haven't even gotten to the the Jeremy Pruitt Babushka look. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the that, COVID that's... disaster that was his attempts at uh, sideline uh, protocol. Oh my god, yeah. what what a what a mess! I think like thirty years from now, people look back and say that guy was the head coach at Tennessee. I know. I know. And him, both of them were on, Dooley and Pruitt were on that giant staff last year. That really explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them and Joe Judge. See y'all later. William Christopher Sweeney weighing in on the NIL says this phrase a lot. I'm not against NIL. When you have to say I'm not against NIL a lot, <laughs> yeah, might be against NIL. Uh... I'm not against NIL at all. What I am against is anything that devalues education. Okay, that's good. That's a nice sentiment. Good for you. Sounds that's good. That's what I'm against. And I'm against the professionalization of college athletics. And what does that mean? Well, that's that's fine. That's when he lo kind of loses me here. Well, that means we're now paying you guys your salaries and 18-year-olds have to pay taxes. And you know, I don't think that's good. I think we should keep the focus on graduation, incentivize graduation, all that. You're talking 18, 19, 20-year-olds that shouldn't be equipped yet to handle what's going on, you know? 98% are not going to the NFL. So let's help them maximize this for sure. And let's not allow some of the craziness that is creeping in. Most of these guys should have gotten a job by the time they're 18, 19, 20 and learned how to pay taxes. Yeah. Okay. Go down yeah. to the local ice cream shop and scoop some, scoop some chocolate. That's right. As some opposed to suspended dough. adolescence so that you could go to every football camp possible so that you can train year round so that you can yeah. go to Clemson to play football. Right. Go work at McDonald's. Go get a mm -hmm. construction job. You learn a great deal. One thing I, I always am annoyed by college coaches is they think the only way that anybody ever learns anything is by being on a team. You actually learn very little on the team because if you go to work every day at McDonald's making French fries, Nobody cheers when you make the fry. <laughs> I <right>. do. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> Sully will. Nobody cheers when you make the air, land, and sea burger. That's <laughs> that's what nobody cheers for. There's nobody cheering you at the end of your day of work. You just work. There are no. There's no line of cheerleaders waving pom poms and looking to meet you. There's not. There's nothing. You just go to work and then you go home and then you go back to work. Yeah. And that's how the world works. And you learn a lot. You can learn a lot on a team, but it's not the only college experience that exists. Like the hardest working person at student students at Clemson are not the football player. It's somebody who's got three jobs and trying to make it through and sending money back home to mom and all that. And there's plenty of those kids. So I'm not William Christopher Sweeney knows that. Um, but the whole I have to pay taxes thing has got to be the funniest <laughs> side bit of the NIL. <laughs>
We don't want them to have to pay taxes because then that means they're making money. Oh, no. What a terrible thing. It, 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 like, pay the more taxes you pay, I'm not going to say the better, but like you, it's like people are like, oh, I don't want to move. Like, I remember hearing this once, like, I don't want to move up to that tax bracket. Like, what? No, yes, <laughs> yes you, do. you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't think you understand how the taxes work. Yes, you want to be in the highest freaking one. <laughs> then you want to try to beat it. Sure, fine. <laughs> but like, yes. Yeah, that means you're making more money. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about what you're giving back. Look at the bottom line. That's, yes, you're going up. It only, it only works at levels as well as. I think it's good for them to think in marketing. I think and to think as entrepreneurs and to to learn business. I've said this all the time. We'd be like, well, what if this scammer doesn't pay them? Then they don't do business with them. Every one of us has done work for someone who didn't pay us, and we go, oh, I learned learned that lesson the hard way, or I I learned to guard against that. Every single person in this country sat there and had to make a decision: Do I want to be in business with them? Do I want to work for this boss? These are the things that life that you will, will learn how to manage your money. Great. Uh, Pat and I are both parents. We encourage our children to have jobs because mm -hmm. that's what you learn. Go, you go deal with the manager. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You go learn how to pay taxes. So I, I get what he's saying. Um, I just think well, it's, it's a, I just think it's a net positive. Yeah. I mean, look, this, he sounds to me extremely paternalistic and like he is treating his players like children. You know, we want to basically protect them and control them. Well, not even because Dan's a dad, like he was just saying, it's not even paternalistic. It's like looking down at them at this no, point. It is, well, it is yes, some ways because they're like, we have a slide and we have a, a oh, yeah, golf course. And it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So well, we want to have a kids mini so golf that they can course. play miniature golf course, miniature golf. Right. The guy who wants it all about education has a mini golf course. Well, yeah, we all love mini golf. <laughs> I want a mini golf course. That's cool. I don't bashing you for that, but it's like eh, maybe the guy gets screwed uh, trying to promote some local pizza chain, or maybe the booster who said he was gonna, you were gonna help, you were gonna be the spokesman for his waste management company, actually doesn't pay you, and you learn you don't go asking people in the waste management business for their money, just to take to take the no on, take the L on that one. Um, but you know whatever it is, eh, I mean I, I just can't take this, I just can't take the sport too seriously when it's. When you have a mini golf course in your facility and a nap room and a and a and a slide, yeah. a freaking slide. Yeah. And a barber and yeah, all that stuff. It's, it's all like, about education. Take the slide. Yeah, I really, really, really want a nap pod, though. I, I honestly, <laughs> those are so we have those at Yahoo, by the way. We have yeah. we have nap pods. We have a, a coffee guy. We have food. We have a, a volleyball. We got all that stuff out in Sunnyvale. So God bless <laughs> it. I love it. But. Yeah, Dabo has to decide. Do we want to be the the program with the miniature golf course, or do we want to be the Harvard of the Upstate here, where you're, we're all about education? I th I think we know which way he's going on that. Really, no matter what he is saying, and again, I think he's just basically underestimating his players in terms of what they can do and what they can handle and what he wants to control as far as what they can do and what they can handle. And the other thing about what he said there, yeah, 90% of these guys aren't going pro. You're right. So let the 90% get some money, though, while they're in college being Clemson football players. You know, let them get and some clothing business. or some pizza or a, a deal to promote, you know, the ESO club, whatever the case may be. I mean, let them have those opportunities and then deal with the revenue and paying the taxes on the revenue and all that that comes with it. 
a lot of places, and maybe Clemson's one of them, promote you know teaching financial literacy to their players. Here's an even better way to do it by letting them have some money to deal with. It's low stakes because if you blow it, you blow it. You're still on scholarship. Yeah, right. Like if you if this deal doesn't go through, it's not. Yeah, I just it's it's yeah it's a it's a tremendous opportunity for these guys to 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 learn and do it. I I think his, his heart's in the right place. I really don't want to just bash him for these quotes and he's the one talking and he's willing to talk and he says his stuff but yeah no i, I mean guess, i guess my thing is college every day at college should be maxed out like every day at the end of the day of college you should have sat there through some kind of it, 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 we're talking ideal right it's not my experience because i was probably down the bar <laughs> shooting pool at like 2 PM, <laughs> did you max you out like, your experience dan ideally you're like sitting through classes and you're having discussion like, you know, you, you're learning this and you're trying this club and you're you're joining this and you're in all this different stuff. And at the end of the day, you've, you've been throwing up a million things because time management, you, you also build an hour of time pool. management. Right. Absolutely. In, in your afternoon, you know, you want to make yeah. sure you have 2 p.m. blocked off at the coaches want to <laughs> coaches want to simplify everything down to all you worry about is lifting weights. Right. That's Lifting it. weights, like, film study, meeting time, practice. They build these facilities to isolate the players from the campus. Yeah. They don't want you talking to the regular kids. No. They don't want you in the dorms. They don't want you at that stuff. They want you in the facility. Let's make a facility impossible to leave. This is where you get your hair cut. We'll feed you four or five times a day. This is yeah. where you work this, out. This, this is where, is where, you where take your a tutors nap. are. Right. Yeah. This is where you take a nap. Yeah, you're not in a study group with three other kids from class. We have your study group. Um, you're not you're not doing anything but being in the football program. And so anything that takes them out of that, I'm in favor of. Cause I you know, that's the that's that's the part that that would make a person a better person and get something out of college. Yeah. And that look, that's one area where King football has won. Because if you remember, and I'm sure you do, was it thirty years ago, there was a movement to get rid of football only dorms and well, they to, got rid of them but then they just created a day dorm basically. well that's my point yeah that yeah. you know that like the, but there was the big movement on campus like now we're going to integrate the football players with everyone else and make them more part of campus and then they found a workaround to it and now the workaround has become the big recruiting tool too is we'll build a taj mahal over here you can yeah you may sleep over here you know in, in your dorm with with some people who may be accidental sociology students or whatever, but you're going to spend all day over here at the Taj Mahal with us away from campus. That's they, that's where King football just basically outsmarted the presidents and said, yeah, okay, we'll go along with integrating into the rest of the campus, but then we're still going to end up with all guys just being at our, under our thumb the whole day. Even bigger because yeah, because you're not, you're not walking back and forth in campus, not eating the dining hall. And yeah, we can make it so that it's appealing. And those places are awesome. You don't want to leave. Who wants to leave? <laughs> also, because they're always building bigger and new ones, they get further on the outreaches of campus. Interesting story, uh, guest column by Rick Burton of Syracuse University, wrote a guest column in the uh, on Sportico. And it brought up back the discussion of NC, can the NCA uh, upgrade the Final Four with the men and women under the same roof? Now, uh, obviously, there's a lot of controversy last year about the women's tournament not getting the same respect as the men's. There was the weight room fiasco. There was a lot of talk about, like, you know, the social media account was 
men's final four or not just fine, you know, or it was just final March madness, not didn't, didn't do women's, you know, I think some of this stuff is really, I mean, symbolic, but not, not, uh, significant. How about that? Yes. I don't think it's going to matter at all. Anyone even notices the, and we, we've talked about if you were looking at women's sports that they can actually promote into something big, I, I, basketball is, is, can obviously get more and more popular, but it's pretty well promoted. It is. Um, softball can get bigger. Yep. We think volleyball can get huge. Yes. Uh, gymnastics, now that you have these, I mean, these scenes from Auburn and US, UCLA, and, I mean, they're incredible in gymnastics now. Yeah. And you've got these Olympians. There's a lot, if, if I, I would, I, that that stuff to me is bigger than than, you know, some of this stuff. But he makes some points. Okay, think of it. Eight, uh, you basically have it all in a single city, single weekend. So right now, say one's in last year, one was in San, Indianapolis. The women were in San Antonio. Put them all in Indianapolis. I don't know exactly how you do the you, you can't really have the women's tournament in Lucas Oil. I mean, that would be a bad atmosphere. If you don't get a huge crowd, it's the domes are horrible. Yeah, but maybe you put them in in whatever Banker's Life. Banker's Life, yeah. Whatever NBA arena is there. He says uh, instantly you would have a mega event, at least on par with the NBA Finals, the FIBA World Cups, and assuredly the gold medal games of the Summer Olympics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this should be a big event. Uh, let's let's pump the brakes on that. Every Olympics since Montreal has proven multi-team basketball championships involving two genders can be staged in one city. No question it can be staged. We've long watched combined Grand Slam events and pro tennis, uh, different things. And it would make all sorts of sense and do it. Do you think this is good for women's basketball? We've had this discussion before, and I don't know if you, if your opinions change at all or, or what your thoughts are now. Is this a positive for women's basketball? Or is, again, this more significant? Is this more symbolic than significant? I think it's a negative, frankly. First of all, just logistically, and if you look at most of the cities that hold Final Fours, where are you putting everybody as far as fans? Where, where Do you have enough hotel rooms for the men's Final Four and the women's Final Four? Do you have enough restaurants? Do you have enough bars and places to hang out? You're going to add, if you've got 75,000 fans for the men's games, you're going to add 20 or 30, or if you do try to put it in Lucas Oil, 35, 40,000. I don't know whether you could get that many or not, but I, I mean, Indianapolis. How many people travel to the, like, some of the people are local, right? So I would say maybe, what do you think, like 20, 30,000 people travel to a Final Four? I guess. I'd, you know, maybe more, I, at least yeah. for the Saturday games. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. At no point are you at the at any Final Four, and I don't know how many you've done. I've done many, uh, and you've done more. Have I ever sat there and said, boy, we could use more people around here? <laughs> no. When you're standing in line for 45 minutes to get a table somewhere... Or, you know, in line for 20 minutes to get a beer or whatever. No, you know, he don't sit there and say, gosh, what we really need is two, four more new fan bases all here at the same right. time. Let's I get mean, 10, 15, 10, 12,000. Let's say, let's say they hosted in a 20,000 seat NBA stadium. And those are even smaller now a little, but let's say it's 4,000, three, three to 4,000 fans per team show up. And then you have the locals go at a women's final four. Yeah. You're looking at 12. 12,000 more people coming into town. I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I've, I've covered five women's final fours. It has been a while. Um, but what I loved about the women's final four, when I did used to cover, particularly when I covered the whole events, like I remember being in Cincinnati and Minneapolis and stuff, uh, 
the whole city, that city is busy. It's not right. men's Final Four, like, overrun. And then there's, like, the next level where you get, like, Super Bowl. And it literally takes over, like, cities near the city, right? Like, everything. That's a whole state. Even L.A. will be like, oh, the Super Bowl's here. Like, you, like it's hard to get anyone to notice anything's going on in L.A. But when this, in two weeks, they're going to be like, oh, all right, there's a lot of people here. And that's where the home team, they actually won't even get. Uh, but, I mean, everybody in Cincinnati will be in L.A. I, I think it's you go into a sports bar. I remember being in a in a lobby bar restaurant one afternoon in Minneapolis for some women's final four somewhere. I can't. And, and the whole place is talking about women's basketball. Yeah, it, right. If you're a hot college hockey fan, the Frozen Four, everyone's talking about the Frozen Four. Everyone's talking about the lacrosse championship. You won't get that because it'll be this big mix. Now, can you get the men's fans to be into the women's game? Like. I think so too. Yeah, you lose the exclusivity that you have of of everybody in the city is paying attention to it, as opposed to you're just dividing the attention now, people among two different things. And frankly, sorry, there's still there's more fans of the men's game than there are of the women's game, and so you're going to be overshadowed. When I don't think that should be the case. You know, have your crowd and your place and your people, and you know, hopefully the attendance and the attention keeps growing. But I think putting them in the same place, you're just, you're competing for everything in a competition you're probably not going to win. can also move the women's Final Four to more places. You can go to New York City, you can go to Boston, you can go to, you know, wherever, wherever just has a, everybody's got a, an arena for you. Where the the men's Final Four is stuck on yeah, about, half a dozen places yep. that it basically goes to. I think it's like a well-intentioned idea. I just don't think it, I just don't. I'm all for more promotion of women's basketball, but I just don't know how this how this appeals. And I, I just think it becomes logistically very, very hard. And yeah, like, yeah, they have the men's and women's basketball is at the Olympics at the same time. It doesn't mean there's more interest in the women's Olympics. Like, right. The dream team sucks up all the oxygen in that men's tournament championships once in Atlanta during the final four. And I covered it and the coaches were didn't like it. Um, and you know, I, I thought it was cool. Uh, they did get a nice crowd. You could walk in those schools. Don't really have big fan bases at all though. But the coaches were like, we were pretty happy. I think they were going to like Salem, Virginia or something like you went there, you know, uh, you know, and then the kids got to walk. I, it's, it's confusing. I, I, I wouldn't do this to the women's basketball tournament. I don't think it's a good idea. No, I agree. I, th- again, I bet they're going to do it though. Well, they're very, very sensitive to any idea that's like, we're not equal to this i just don't think this i mean it's just some point it's just it's a it's a slightly different sport and the women's final four is a good time it's a good thing sure absolutely i mean the the game good thing yeah the games were thrilling last year uh i i just yeah i think that yeah you're trying too hard to find an equality that will end up i think being in further inequality because again i just think that everything would still skew towards the men and would overshadow them more in, when you're in the same city and it would just be a bigger logistical hassle. It would be very much like the NCAA to try to solve a problem and create a bigger problem along the way. That would be on brand. That's for sure. It's very NCAA to have a PR problem, which was like, essentially, they did a horrible job responding to the weight room setup. Like they could have solved the weight room setup in one minute, pretty much. Like they're the, they're the NCAA. They can get some weights. <laughs> in, <laughs> they probably got a few exercise machines they could have set up the Taj Mahal of weight rooms 
But because they didn't and Mark Emmert pouted and tried to just do this normal. Now they're going to like mess up the women's basketball tournament. And for like four years, they're going to do this. And then everyone's going to go, this didn't work. Yeah, just remember, though, the uh, the presence, they, they're solidly behind Mark Emmert. <laughs> the rain continues. Deal. You know, like they had a thing the other day. So when they fired Chris Mack at Louisville and they pay him, it's like 5.4 million or 4.8. Yep. 4.8. Okay. Sorry, Chris. Gave you an extra 600 grand, 4.8 million. And they, I read that I was reading the Louisville paper about it. And they said, well, we could wait to the end of the investigation and might be able to fire him with cause. And we would know him any money, but this, you know, their, their expediated process that's supposed to handle these cases is so slow. We can't wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was like, yeah, the NCA's incompetence literally just cost a member school four point six million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I mean, man, that's real money. <laughs> you think? Like they're, they're literally like, we think he, 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 we might be able to fire him for cause, but we, we'd have to wait too long. Yeah, we have to so wait until who it. knows when? April, May, June. I mean, uh, nobody knows. I mean, that could be years. <laughs> as it is, they felt like they had a strong enough case that they dropped his buyout from twelve to four point eight. So he took the deal. Yeah, yeah, he took the deal because he knows the other op option is nothing. Is so, wait and get nothing. But yeah. like if you're if you're a president of schools, you should be screaming at the NCA. This is a colossal waste of money because you guys can't rule on a years old case. If I guess you, there are new developments because of the whole there's a new I mean, but still, uh, how long look, could these things take? In the mountain of ineptitude, NCAA ineptitude. The flag you plant at the top is the IARP. You know, their their own creation of we're going to have a better enforcement investigative system. It's we're going to take out the conflicts of interest. We're no longer going to have Greg Sankey ruling on North Carolina. We're going to have this whole separate body. And it has turned out to be the biggest single fiasco of all their fiascos. In the long list of their fiascos, the IARP has gotten almost nothing done and taken forever to do it and cost a fortune. That is what the IARP has done. Even, even Emmert has had to stand up and say multiple times, yeah, it's basically terrible. And they're going to get rid of it. They're going to disband the thing now. It's just, just going to be a monument of wasted money and time for everyone. Incredible. Incredible. All right. So he's got this little item. 16 men and eight women have swapped boxing gloves to compete in uh, and taken on specialized pillows to enter the pillow fight championship. What? <laughs> pillow fight. There's a pillow fight championship. First, I of watched all. the video. Is yes. this is this in the United States or is this? Yeah, else? yeah, it was okay. in Florida, of course. Yeah, Florida. Okay, legal. ESPN at the Ocho. Can you bet this on is it? everything else? Yeah, apparently. I Can don't you know. gamble uh, on the pillow fight championship? I mean, this is better than whack than punching each other. I guess I don't know. I I love combat sports. I, I found it a little really not that interesting. But you got to wait for the innovators to come up with some stuff. Like UFC one really wasn't that good, uh, but it got good. <laughs> People figured it out. Yeah, you got to mm -hmm. learn. I mean, there's going to be some techniques that you, you don't see coming. The real creative geniuses turn pillow fighting. <laughs> they get in the ring and they just whack each other with pillows. Like there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing else to you, it. <laughs> whenever you assume a pillow, a professional pillow fight, it's that was it. According <laughs> to this video I watched. So we're waiting for a pioneer in the pillow fighting. World. We need it needs some work, but is could this be a college uh sport? 
Could we have a college sport here? <laughs> yes. I think Coach O would be a good pillow fight coach. <laughs> I would I would nominate him. I shoot, I'd hire him. Why like, not? Gator uh, uh, gator pillowcase, like leathered <laughs> pillowcase would probably give you a little more heavy weight to spin around. <laughs> There's the innovation we're looking for. Exactly. So Stella Nunez from Brazil won the women's. Uh, oh yeah, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'd imagine women are tough fighters. And uh, Holly Tillman, an American, took the men's title. Okay. They got five grand and a belt. Five grand. Pillow fighting. Uh, <laughs> I would watch a Tennessee Look, pillow fight team. I mean. Did you it, watch this thing? Well, speaking of the speaking of the Ocho, I mean, like they televised. The college spike ball championships uh, last year, the also, year before. Also, cornhole, Tennessee oh. national championship, baby. Let's go. Hang the tag? freaking banner. The tag they show on ESPN two. <laughs> that thing is nuts. Yeah, it's pretty good. I am not watching tag. I am sorry. Oh yeah, no. they Guys have are... they have to like go underneath things and like I yeah, feel yeah. like yeah, I feel like that's a good concussion waiting to happen. I'm, oh I'm no, not... it's like I'm just waiting for them to jump and like slam their their shin into like one of those <laughs> bars and just like and you're waiting for like the thighsman to just end. <laughs> brutal, <laughs> brutal. Uh... We are really we got problems. We got problems. <laughs> we do. We're down to to. These things exist and they're, and they're being televised. And Pillow you all fighting. are watching it. Y'all are watching the tag championships. I don't know where this was on. There's a thing called Fight TV, F-I-T-E. That thing, if you have a subscription to Fight TV, it's not really on TV. It's uh, uh, just like, like the, I, uh, the dark like web. bar room wrestling that I once covered was there. Like bare knuckle <laughs> fight. Like it's, you're on a watch list if you subscribe. But you know what? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I think pillow fighting would work in there. Yeah, you're sitting there watching uh, bare knuckle brawl from some casino in north dakota <laughs> like when's the college season getting there <laughs> yeah bring in an oil well digger from mandan to knock the hell out of a dude we got a Fargo. month till spring practice kicks up there's we got to fill wait till i get over to china i'm gonna get some i'm gonna get into that chinese internet i'm gonna find some stuff <laughs> don't there's gotta be some combat sports that just uh, just stuff you can't get then you're, you're never coming back if you start. You can fill a pillow with bricks over there. Who knows? I'm excited. You don't know what you're going to find on Chinese internet. You be careful they, over there, so that you don't avoid. You can stay out of going into some work camp somewhere. <laughs> we need you on the podcast. All right, we're going to try to not break any laws. We're trying to. I, I waiting on my final COVID test. Some but pressure then, with that I one. Get I can get dinged up at the airport and sent to the ISO. I put Isolation a, camp could happen. I still. put together a list. Which coach would you not want to be in uh, in isolation together in your little five by five cell? Would I least want to, or eh, what about most? You're so negative. Oh, you could. I mean, sure. If you want to, if you want to put together a list of, of coaches you want right, to so be, here, in five I'm going to read cell. Sully's list. Brian okay. Harson, because something is wrong with this guy at this point. Everyone's trying to get out. And the, <laughs> Auburn There's something wrong with him. Nice. Yeah, I mean, everybody's leaving, so I don't Everyone's want to be <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. They got a nice facility. Number two, Nick Saban. He would make sure your dietary restrictions are in his and oatmeal cream pies for breakfast. You wish salad for lunch. Also, <laughs> shame you for sneaking in booze. <laughs> he seems like a snitch. Uh, Saban, well... First off, there's absolutely no way we would get an oatmeal cookie. That that's way too good of food. <laughs> Little Debbie's yeah, Chattanooga hometown 
treat might be in China, but probably not. You're right there. But I don't figure so. out a way. I would Saban would figure a way to to be victorious, right? So yeah. whatever. And Brian Kelly hearing him practicing the Southern accent <laughs> and recruiting via TikTok. I mean, it really would be bad if you had a cellmate. <laughs> the one good thing about this is you will get you. It's it's, it's called isolation. Yeah, right. You don't have a you don't have a cellmate. You're in the hole by yourself. You definitely do not want a roommate in that room. Well. Thing. And that's, yes, to that point, like the guy I would probably least like to be with is somebody like Dabo, who's, who's not a bad guy, but just talks a lot. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want a roommate who talks a lot. I'm sorry. He'd be so motivated though. When he came out of there, he'd be all fired up. <laughs> no. if you, you do his post-game press conference. It, it, the first question is a 20 minute answer. Cause he's just going to go. And that's if you're in with that guy for like 10 days or five days or whatever. No, I'd be, I'd be like scratching my eyeballs out you'd somehow get a mini mini golf course in there though so maybe maybe he'd be <laughs> i need someone who can get something done like i, I feel like holgo would be able to dana holgerson would be able to get some contraband or something holgo would get you some hooch right get... i need something like that past the time <laughs> it's good thought good it's thought like he's the smuggler in here recovering i want to yeah Hold over like Huggins if you can get a basketball coach in there. Yeah, we get uh, hugs. Absolutely, hugs would find a way to get some booze in there. We'd hang out. He'd tell a lot of stories. Loud. It wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. Five by five cell with Huggins. See, I mean, he's taking up most of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not. This is just. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Oh, uh, the I'm next wondering. time we, the next time the listeners hear your voice, you will. Hopefully, be in China and hopefully able to podcast. If you if if you disappear, well, then if I disappear, then um something has happened. I love you guys. I love all the <laughs> listeners. I don't love you that much because if you damn shared it on social media and told your friends to listen, we'd be, have more listeners, and I would have made like Joe Rogan money. I wouldn't have to go to God <laughs> Olympics. Okay. So let me just say, if I'm in isolation and I never return from China, it's your fault, listeners. <laughs> there you go. Not enough of you posthumously yeah. are McAfee downloading. Pat McAfee and his $30 million a year ain't going to the Olympics. <laughs> so I blame all of you for not sharing us enough and getting the subscriptions and all that. Tell your friends about us. That's it. Heel turn. Dan turns That's on the it. listeners. The only people who are supporting me. Now, I will, even if I am in isolation... Uh, or I'm breaking the big rocks into the small rocks somewhere. I'll, 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 I'm going to make it out. I'll I imagine they got some big, big rocks for you over there. They got some big rocks in China. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger in China. Forget That's Texas, right. you, you all a lot of talk, but take on the big, bigger the big drums China. and even bigger rocks over there. Oh, That's God. right. I'm going to, I may or may not be on the air here Thursday. We're hopeful. Um, we're hopeful. We're hopeful. <laughs> we'll find out. I would say, uh, I, I think I got a good 80% chance of getting through. Okay. They're yep. nailing 3%. Okay. The, yep. the positivity rate of the arrivals are about a little over 3%, maybe three and a half right now. And it's, you said 40 hours, four zero hours of travel to get there. It's so far, I don't want to know. I think this is the first race for the case pick for the year. Will I get? <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's, oh, oh, all, right, all right, let's do it. 
We're putting Will over I get put in the isolation I, chamber? I say no. I'm going to say a hard no. Okay. Do, you, do we have to, is there a point spread? I mean, we can't really point spread it, right? No, no. no. We can do over under in number of days it takes you to get put in ISO. <laughs> I'm I'm going to, since, since Sully's taking no, I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm saying you get off the plane, you light up the test, and you're gone immediately. <laughs> Uh, so that gives all right, so tap, this is a tough tap pick. is a no with me. Taps, and, yeah. This is a tough <laughs> just thing because if I pick yes, I've like now spoken it into existence. <laughs> if yeah. I pick no, I'm going to end up in there going, I didn't even win the race for the case. <laughs> uh, you you need to stay positive. You pick no. I, just how about that? I'm going to say no, but I get two bonus points if I do get in, just for, uh, for yeah. pure pod comedy that you guys. The entire next episode of this show is just Sully and Pat laughing because I didn't appear <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> We're supposed to appear. Uh, they're going to be calling and that yeah. no no response, and they're just going to get on and laugh for an hour. About <laughs> yeah, we're going to be speculating on what you're doing and yeah, where you are. I'm sitting in some little little thing, cursing you to. Yeah, eating centipedes in some little pod somewhere with Bob Huggins. <laughs> with Bob Huggins, the Chinese Bob Huggins will be with you. <laughs> uh, nobody knows. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to play a harmonica. Sing Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. Putting little marks right. on the wall for each day. Yeah, rattle the thing. I can hear that train a coming. <laughs> Around the bend. Uh, you have to get a little <laughs> tattoo of a teardrop for each day you're in there each month. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just be crossing the thing. Like I said, man, where's Red? Where's Red? I need a man who knows how to get some things. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's all funny till I don't show up on Thursday. That's right. Then it'll be even funnier. <laughs> Please, uh, yeah, don't worry about me. Just laugh. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, we will. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Don't don't maybe you fear. I'll, maybe I'll come back. This might spring. Yeah, I'll have such good stories. I make it sprung to a better podcast. Maybe that's we're hopeful. Yeah, actually, say, tales guys, of woe, tales your, of absurdity. Your, hit, hit, the, hit the Chinese transfer portal. Yeah, I'll be on McAfee <laughs> show now. He'll have me back. Everyone will want to talk. All right. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, that's the end of our show. Hopefully, talk to you later. Bon voyage, safe Tune travels. Tune in Thursday to find out if I'm here. It's our highest rated show ever. Uh, Thursday. No spoilers. Thursday, no. our listenership should be sky high, at least for the opening minute or two till they figure out whether you're alive or not. No spoilers. No spoilers. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.